God has plans for your life. He has plans for my life. There are things that he wants to do in and through us during our moment in history. And it's a privilege. He has given you the Spirit of God, not that he helps you when you're in a jam, but that he might take over your life and my life. He's the shepherd. Welcome to Living a Legacy, featuring the Bible teaching ministry of Crawford Lawrence. Ever heard someone say, I was led by the Spirit to talk to that person, or visit someone, or get involved in that ministry? Well, what exactly does that mean? How does one know they are being led by the Spirit? Let's take a look at that today. Crawford is leading us through a series titled Supernatural, and we're learning about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So far, we've learned about just who the Holy Spirit is, His works, His role in salvation, the filling of the Holy Spirit, and today the first part of a message titled, The Leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, you might be thinking, well, it sounds like I've missed a lot in this series, so I'll just move on. Well, please don't. Today's message will be of help regardless of when you're joining us. And if you like, you can get caught up by listening to previous messages online at your convenience. So please stick around and study with us. We'd love to have you. Our speaker has been in Christian ministry for over 50 years, having served with Campus Crusade for Christ and as pastor of Fellowship Bible Church in Roswell, Georgia. He recently retired from the church and now is living out his dream of mentoring those in ministry leadership. He currently heads the organization Beyond Our Generation. Crawford's books include Unshaken, Lessons from a Life Coach, Leadership as an Identity, and his latest, co-authored by his wife Karen, Your Marriage Today and Tomorrow. Well, let's learn about what is meant by being led by God's Spirit. Our text is Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Romans 8, 14. Here's Dr. Crawford Loretz on Living a Legacy. I began this series by saying repeatedly, repeatedly, one of the reasons why we're doing this series on the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and I, and I, shouldn't, I shouldn't be so negative here, but I just have to state the reality, is that I happen to believe that one of the most neglected emphasis in preaching and teaching over the last 50 years in terms of our brand of Christianity has been on the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit. And yet I, I find I'm, I'm greatly convicted because as you read the New Testament, we're living in, as you've heard me say repeatedly, the era, E-R-A, of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is to dominate, dominate this era that we're living in right now. Furthermore, as I've said repeatedly, and I, keep want to dri- I just want to keep driving this home, God has called us to live supernatural lives. And I'm not being excessive here or unduly over the top or expansive, but that is the nature of biblical Christianity. God has called us to live supernatural lives. It is not the will of God for us to be controlled incremental Christians. It is not the will of God for us to be average believers. He has given us the third person, person of the Trinity to experience And part of the challenge when you talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit is that you just can't talk about him from a cognitive, cerebral perspective. 
The Holy Spirit is not meant to be surgically uh, uh, diagnosed and understood. Now, don't get me wrong. There is the doctrine of the Spirit of God, and we, we did this in the first couple of messages. Who is the Holy Spirit, and what does the Holy Spirit, uh, what does he do? And certainly, there's that intellectual framework that we need to have, that truth about him. But, but the challenge is, is that the Holy Spirit was not meant just to be cognitively understood. He is given to us to be experienced. Did you hear what I said? He is given to us to be experienced, not just to be understood. He is the third person of the Trinity that permanently indwells us, lives inside of us to empower us. And if you would push me and you say, well, what is, what, what's the most important message of the series? It's hard for me to say because I think it all comes together. But the apex of the series was a couple of weeks ago when I talked about the filling and control of the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, and be not drunk with wine, for that's dissipation, but be being filled with the Spirit. And I just need to say this. That is a command. I emphasized that a few weeks ago. And listen to me, listen to me. The thought is with the command that anyone who is not controlled by the Holy Spirit is living then, therefore, in sinful disobedience to God. It is not a divine suggestion, it is an imperative. Because he came to take over our lives. And it's never okay for a follower of Jesus to live the Christian life in the energy of the flesh, but in the power and dynamic of the Spirit of God. Now, I have to say to you that uh, my particular struggle is that this message really is part of the filling of the Holy Spirit uh, because I'm, I'm going to talk about the leading of the Spirit. These two things go together. You say, why didn't you preach them together? Well, it, it would have made the sermon too long. So it, 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 is, it, is, it is a part, it is a part of the whole idea of the filling of the Spirit. Listen to me, listen to me clear, hear me on this. We, this is terribly important for our Western Christians. We, we live in a context of a consumer Christianity. We think all that God has done is just strictly for me, and we hyper-individualize our Christianity. And so we can think that the filling of the Holy Spirit is just about me feel, feeling good about my, my relationship with God. It's just me, when I'm filled with the Spirit, it's my joy. It's all those fruit of the Spirit. It's, it's this, and I'm enjoying communion with him. And that's not bad. That's part of it. But the only reason why we're filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit is so that we might be led by the Spirit. That we might be led by the Spirit. It's not just so that we might personally be transformed. There is, there is stuff that he wants to do through us. And he wants us to be led by him. How many of you ever played that game, follow the leader? Yeah, when you're little, you play the game, follow the leader, Simon says, this kind of thing. Well, you know, I, I play, I'm the youngest and, and the only boy. I had two older sisters, and, you know, they manipulated me growing up, Jack. And so, you know, I didn't get smart until, like, I was about seven or eight years old because they would, they would, my parents would be gone, and they would have me play follow the leader. And follow the leader meant that, Follow, you know, clean up their room or uh, wash the dishes for them or do their church. That was their follow leader. Then the lights came on. I said, no, I ain't following that leader no more. So, <laughs> but in a very real sense, I don't mean to be profane or just overly simple here, but the leading of the Holy Spirit is no more than that. It's follow the leader. Follow the leader. Follow the leader. And that's what this means to be led by the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, 
You know, the, the expression leading of the spirit uh, it conjures up a number of things. On one extreme, the expression can come to uh, you know, make us think, well, is this some type of out of control fanaticism? I mean, we, we, if you've been around Christianity, you've seen some pretty nutty stuff done in the name of the leading of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I tell you, I could, I, could, I, could, uh, I started to do this. I could give you all kinds of experiences that I've had, real experiences I had, when nutcases, excuse the expression, but people who said some nutty stuff about what it meant to be controlled by the Spirit of, uh, or be, be led by the Spirit of God. And in the Bible, in the Bible, uh, the leading of the Spirit does not have anything to do with us being nutty or being inappropriate or this kind of thing. Now, I, I want to balance that off by saying that, that, that the leading of the Spirit will cause us to do some very uncommon things. But some of us, we turn that off because we say, leading of the Spirit, what is this? I mean, you're going you're to stand up and disrupt the service? Are you going to do this? Are you going to go too long or this kind of thing? What does that mean? The other extreme is this, and I need you to hear me on this because this is more prevalent than you might think. Some people use the leading of the Spirit, uh, of the spirit to disinvite accountability. And I've been around, I've seen that, I see it a lot. I see it today a lot. Where you get strong, independent Christians who don't want to be accountable and don't want to be responsible and in their strong personality or their strong bent or they really want to do something, they can drop God is leading me line on you. And it disinvites accountability. There's a huge problem with that. The huge problem with that is that the Spirit of God never leads apart from the sanction of godly leaders. So to be led of the Spirit is not, it's not okay for you just to veer off and to do whatever you feel like doing or to shut down accountability or to shut down insight. No, it's not that at all. Now, now mind you, mind you, mind you, I, I'm not saying that the Spirit of God always leads us to do the popular thing. Now, I need to finish this off, too. I, I, I believe... I believe there can be situations like this where the Holy Spirit is leading you in one direction and he's leading the organization in another direction. For example, when we left Campus Crusade for Christ, we left the organization um, um, because God was leading us for a different calling. It was time for me to preach and teach and pastor in this setting. Well, that's not what the mission of Campus Crusade was all about. God was leading me to do that I, I had no right to stand up and have the, 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 the leaders in the organization aboard to change their direction and to change their mission because God was leading me to do that. There's no villains in this. And because God was leading me to do that, I can't change the organization. I just have to go on and find out, uh, follow what God's leading me to do. There's some people here in our church that may need to, this is something that Ellis might shoot me, but some of you might need to leave our church. Not because you're wrong and not because we're wrong. It may be that you have a leading, you have a direction that does not square with where God is leading us. And there's no villains in that. It just means that it's different. It just means that it's different. But I would say this, I wanna underscore this, and I know I'm spending a lot of time on this, but be very careful that, that, that you don't use the expression leading of the Holy Spirit to camouflage a stubborn, headstrong way of not submitting to authority. That's not biblical. That's not right. 
And so when we talk about the leading of the Spirit, let's keep those things in mind. I, I gotta hurry up here. Um, I wanna, I, wanna, I wanna answer in this message three, three questions, three important questions. One is, what is the leading of the Spirit? Number two, who's led by the Spirit? And number three, how do you know when you're led by the Spirit? What is it? Who's led by Him? Then how do you know? Uh, I started to go all over the New Testament because there's a lot of verses that I could use, but I, 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 I decided to anchor this all by one brief, powerful verse in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in this verse. He says, now listen to these words, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. If you, if you mark in your Bible, I want you to circle the verb to be. All who are led by the Spirit of God are, are sons, sons of God, sons of God. Okay, well, well, let's back up. The question on the table is, you know, what is the leading of the Holy Spirit? Let me say some framing things. First is a definition. To be led by the Spirit is to be governed by the Spirit from within. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not a, a heavy thing. When you said you're led by the Spirit, it means that we're governed, we're governed by the Spirit from within. The leading of the Holy Spirit is much like the relationship between the shepherd and his sheep. The shepherd guides and the shepherd protects. The leading of the Holy Spirit is to navigate our lives and to guide our lives. Uh, there is the overall written will of God that we have that in the Word of God. But then there are certain things that God wants done in and through our lives that are not specifically spelled out in the Scriptures, but are part of His plan and purposes for us. That's where the Holy Spirit guides us and nuances us and maneuvers and leads us because He knows the ultimate destination. But it's also when you're being led of the Spirit, it's not just being guided by Him, it is being warned by Him. That's where the protection comes in. Crawford, don't say that. You get this tug in your heart, don't do that. No, no, don't make that decision. No, careful of that. Watch that person. That's all a part of the leading of the Holy Spirit. He guides us, but he also protects us. Now again, according to this text, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Well, what's the importance of that verb to be? Well, it suggests that the leading of the Spirit is the very characteristic of those who have a relationship with Christ. It's the very characteristic of those who have a relationship with Christ. In other words, if, you're, if we're followers of Jesus, the mark of being a follower of Jesus is that we're being led by the Spirit of God. And if we're not being led by the Spirit of God, then we're not a follower of Jesus. Because the, 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 the presence of the Spirit of God in our lives, hear me, hear me, hear me on this, is not 
passive. It's not a passive reality. The presence of the Spirit of God in our lives is an active reality. It is an active force in our lives. He came to do something in and through us. Thus, there's movement. Wherever the Spirit of God is, there's change, there's transformation, there's movement, there's insight, there's illumination, there's all these things that are taking place because he's inside of our lives. So it's not passive. So to be indwelt at the time of the whole, uh, the time of salvation by the Holy Spirit of necessity means that we're being led by him. And that's what Paul is saying in this succinct verse. That if he's there and you say you're not being led, uh, you might want to go back and see whether you're really a believer. Because if he's there, he's doing. Hear me. If he's there, he's doing. He's not just present. Now, it is not just what characterizes us. It is a privilege that has been given to us. This is enormous. Think about it. God has plans for your life. He has plans for my life. There are things that he wants to do in and through us during our moment in history. And and it's a privilege. He has given you the spirit of God, not that he helps you when you're in a jam, but that he might take over your life and my life. He's the shepherd. He's the one that I follow. What a a great privilege. Now, I need to also say that... uh, 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 It is not some rare gift that has been given to a few. The leading of the Spirit is not just a gift that's been given to those of us who are, quote, in spiritual leadership and elder or public gifting or whatever that is. Now, we have too much of an Old Testament viewpoint of the activity and ministry of those ways. You said, what are are you talking about there? Well, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit did not permanently reside in the lives of those who had a covenant relationship with him. It was a concept of anointing was dominant in the Old Testament, meaning that the Holy Spirit came upon, not necessarily was within. He hovered over, he was with them, he was with David, he was with these leaders, he was with these great people. He anointed them for a specific occupation and for a specific task. The same thing with the prophets of old. Technically speaking, the Holy Spirit did not reside in them, but he was on them and he was with them. Now when you transition into the New Testament, uh, the Bible teaches very clearly, and I talked about this a few weeks ago, that at the moment of salvation, the Holy Spirit comes to take up permanent residence inside of all of us. All that to say that it's not, it's not some unique, rare thing. I, I don't breathe any more rarefied spiritual air than anybody else does. And so the leading of the Spirit is for the priesthood of the believer. It's for all of us. Um, um, the leading of the Spirit is not a reward. You hear what I'm saying? It's not a subsequent reward. Thus, we go back to the text. For all who are led by the Spirit of God, all who are led by the all, all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons or children of God. It is not a reward, it is a condition. We, we, we will be led. You, you don't have to do anything other than surrender to the control of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to do anything. You're, you're not, it's not, you're rewarded. Well, here's the payoff. Here's your T-shirt. No, it's, it's a condition. It's a, and this condition is, flows out of the filling of the Holy Spirit. 
flows out of the, the filling of the Spirit. John chapter seven, I said this a few weeks ago, that great text, Jesus prophesying of the filling and control of the Holy Spirit. He says, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. It's a condition that releases his power and direction and resources, impact and all of that in and through our lives. Now, I need to say this as well. The leading of the Spirit is not necessarily a means of escaping suffering and adversity. I want you to hear me on this. We got a lot of craziness going on. We talk about God and blessing. We gotta be careful that we don't let a West, Western American Christianity with our consumer lens redefine the plan and purposes of God. Be careful of that. Who said that we are entitled to go from one level of positive outcome to another level of positive outcome to another level of, who, who said that? Who said that? Where do you find that in this book? The Holy Spirit does not necessarily just lead us from one comfortable set of circumstances to another. God and the Holy Spirit are not primarily driven by our comfort. But it is the role of the Holy Spirit to make sure that we look like Jesus. And sometimes in order to look like Jesus, we have to go through what the Apostle Paul went through. We we have to be given the glorious gift of suffering. We have to be given the gift of adversity. And that too is the leading of the Spirit of God. Jesus, Matthew chapter 4, when he opened up his ministry, what happened to him? It says, and the Spirit of God led him into the wilderness to be tempted. What makes us think we're better than Jesus? I've talked about this so much that uh, two of the most formative years of my life of our lives, Karen and our, our marriage, two of the most formative years of our marriage was the years between 1976 and 1978. We lived in Dallas and we went through hell. Baby had died just before we went there. And I thought I was going to Dallas for this set of reasons and God put a lid on it. And he said, I want you to sit you and Karen, and face adversity and learn about the sustaining power. The Spirit of God led us. Some of the things we write off as failures are profound successes. Crawford Loritz, our speaker here on Living a Legacy. We are looking at three questions regarding the leading of the Holy Spirit. What is the leading of the Spirit? Who's led by the Spirit? And how do you know when you're led by the Spirit? Crawford continues this message next week. We're in a series called Supernatural, learning about the third person of the Trinity, and we hope this is beneficial for you. If so, would you take just a few moments to connect with us? Just email legacy at moody.edu. Legacy at moody.edu. Now, you don't have to write a book, just a few lines to let us know this program is serving a Bible teaching purpose on this station. Bernice writes, I just wanted to say thank you for this program and how much Crawford's messages have gotten right to the heart of my spiritual needs and issues. He preaches the word in truth, and I'm so tired of preachers watering down the message. Your ministry has been a blessing to me time and time again. Well, Bernice, that's so encouraging to hear. 
Now, how about you? Thoughts on this current series? Get in touch with us at legacyatmoody.edu. If you've just recently joined us for this series, Supernatural, and would like to hear previous messages, visit our webpage at livingalegacy.org, livingalegacy.org. You'll see a tab marked Past Programs, livingalegacy.org. Next week, more about the leading of the Holy Spirit, and hope you'll be right back here with us. For Crawford Lorenz, I'm Bill Davis. Thanks for listening. Living a Legacy is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.